Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Thank you for joining us for the KSL Greenhouse, an abbreviated show today, just on until 9 o'clock. Get your calls in now. Phone lines are open, 801-575-8255. You can also text us your questions at 57500. Ed in Orem would like to know, Ton, are there outdoor plants that will bloom in the cold of winter? Not here. Pansies. Well, they will. That's one of the only... And if they get buried by snow, they just look like... Someone pansies. steamrolled them. It, all of a sudden, it warms up a little bit, and they bounce right back. Yeah, so, and then they're just in bloom. It's if crazy. you had pansies in a f- very protected area, mm-hmm. say, if you lived in an apartment and had them in a breezeway away from snow and things, they may look gorgeous all winter. But I think that really the coldest climate I've seen a variety of things blooming in the winter mm-hmm. is St. George, Mesquite, Las Vegas. And you have main the main one that blooms in the winter are the rosemaries. They bloom all winter long, but Vegas is between fifty and seventy. Much most warmer winter, than here. Winter. Yeah. <laughs> and so our rosemaries bloom in March and April. Right. When it warms up a bit. But indoors, the holiday cactus, which we're gonna I believe talk about next week, mm-hmm. is something that will bloom indoors a lot of the winter. And there are a few other things, but outdoors were just too cold. Right. Next listener would like to know, Ton, they have a couple of clematis plants that they purchased in the summer. Never got them in the ground. They stay, they've they stayed pretty small because they didn't do a great job of watering them through the summer. They're wondering if they can keep them alive inside so they can plant them in the spring. They don't necessarily want them to grow a ton of flowers just to stay alive till spring. I don't know if I would attempt it. That my best answer is maybe. I would almost rather see those well watered and tucked into an unheated garage or maybe an unheated shed and just watered every three or four weeks and brought back out in April to acclimate and break dormancy. Mm-hmm. In the house, you may get a lot of pests on them. They're going to require brighter light. Most clematis require a cold period. So there's some challenges there. And if that was the option or throwing them away, I would definitely try to keep them in the house. But if they have access to an unheated area, I think their survival would actually be better if they could get them into an unheated shed or garage, probably the garage, because if they weren't watered well, they're probably a little bit nutrient starved. And if they get too cold, they may not have the wherewithal to overwinter. Would they want to fertilize them at this point? No. Okay. I if they if they were to put them in the house, a house plant fertilizer would be fine. Mm-hmm. But if they're wanting them to go dormant, I would just water them in well and check them every three or four weeks. Okay. Uh, Matt is in West Jordan. He says he's a novice rosebush grower. Uh, he put two of them in his backyard, and they were beautiful this summer. He's not sure, though, how to prune or winterize them, and he wants to know if you can recommend some direction for this. Uh, when does he prune? How far should he prune? He wants to make sure I that they stay beautiful. only would prune any branches back 
that look like they're going to snap under a snow load and just prune them back to probably waist height or like belly button height somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Then I would get some bark mulch, like chunk bark, and pile it up around the base of the rows so that you have enough in there to cover six inches to a foot of the base of the stems so that if we do, say, get 10 below zero for some reason in the winter, that that bark mulch will protect those stems. And even though 90% of the branches died over the winter, they have enough that they will rebud and form a new plant. The other thing is we generally prune roses in mid-March. And so you can download videos on that. But the the quick, maybe oversimplified answer is if those are one year old, I would prune them back to maybe three or four main canes at about knee height. All right. Thanks, Matt, for your text this morning. Uh, next person says they have vinca flowers bloom continually through the winter in the southeast corner window. Hmm. It's protected enough that they in, apparently don't go dormant. Yeah. Yeah, right in front of their kitchen sink. So I love that, too. It just makes you happy, right? Uh, Next person says they're tilling leaves into their orchard. How close to their fruit fruit trees can they rototill? I wouldn't go more than an inch or two deep because fruit trees have a lot of shallow roots. Mm -hmm. And even, you know, if it's bare ground, it's okay for those leaves to just be a mulch where they're covering the ground. And I would just lightly cultivate them in so that they had dirt around them and maybe some on them. And Mother Nature will take it from there. But a very shallow cultivation. Next listener would like to know, do their spruces need supplemental water? Not right now. If we go another three or four weeks without rain or snow, they may, but we're okay now. Uh, Next person grew onions from starts for the last couple of years, and when they cut into them, they have kind of a hard core. They planted candy, red and yellow, and they're wondering what might cause hard centers like that. Probably if they're all doing it, environmental conditions to where they were either drought stressed or the heat. They didn't like the 105 degree temperatures in July and August, September. So there are a number of things. And I they could try maybe something like sweet, the yellow sweet Spanish that seems to be the Utah onion that we grow here. But that one's a relatively easy one. And then they could maybe try like Walla Walla if they want a sweet onion because the Walla Wallas are very adapted to and seem to do fine. Yeah, somewhere about the variety in this particular Yeah, place. and in some of these, there are some different things, but I would try Walla Walla. I would try um, Ebenezer, Sweet Spanish. Those are three that have a track record. And then I would move where I'm growing them and rotate in case there's a disease or something. But where everyone has the same condition, it's a an environmental condition having to do with heat or watering most likely. Okay, next person wants to know, can they bring their pot of pansies into the house for the winter? Yeah, uh, You maybe. know, mine are on my porch and they're very, they're sheltered and they do pretty well there because it faces west. Yeah. I don't know that I'd bring those in though. If it was a very cool room and they had lamps over them or like a west window maybe but i would also be worried again about the white flies and aphids and things and so i would if you do try it i would isolate them for a couple of months also another one that would do better in the garage yeah, they would a window 50 45 55 degrees and bright light and those pansies are happy all right bart is on the line good morning bart you have a suggestion for plan of the week 
Yeah, I uh, many years ago I got tired of buying ornamental sweet potatoes, so I decided one fall <coughs> I'd try some cuttings, and they work very well. Mm-hmm. They make a nice house plant if you got a southern exposure window, and they even bloom. Oh, and so I've you're never seen them bloom outside, lines. but inside they do blossom, both the black one and the green one. Oh, that's awesome! I. You know, that's something else. I, We grow sweet potatoes down in Utah County as part of our, you know, potential crops that we don't regularly grow, but that's a great suggestion. When they get too large, all you got to do is cut the terminal bud and stick it in water, and in a day or two you got roots, and you start them all over again. And I maintain them all winter, and then in the spring I set them back out. And that saves you a lot of money, because when you start buying a ton of those, it's they add up at like six dollars. Exactly, plant. and I also take a pot of uh, petunias and put out in my greenhouse, and they're blooming out there right now. But I have no heat in my greenhouse. Right. Well, I took the greenhouse class at the extension service, what forty years ago, I guess. <laughs> well, Bart, and, uh, still working. Okay, good to know. Thanks for sharing your suggestion with us. All right, bye-bye. All right, bye-bye now. Uh, Next person says, we were talking about geraniums and how they could bloom over the winter in a south window, and they just want to know how much do they need to water them. Just like a houseplant, probably weekly if it's around 70. Yeah, once a week. If you have it cooler, say in an unheated basement, probably every 10 days to maybe two weeks. Yeah, kind of put your finger in there. If it's still wet, don't water them, right? Correct. All right, we're going to take a break. Come back with the final segment of the show, a short edition of The Greenhouse. Phone lines are open, 801-575-8255. You can also text us at 57500. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow the letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Good morning. Thank you for joining us for this shortened edition of the KSL Greenhouse. Maria Anton with you this morning. Number to call with your questions, 801-575-8255. You can text us at 57500. Uh, next listener, Ton says, last year their rose, Violet's Pride, got a fungus infection. They say they watered it twice in the winter and when it was warm, and they're wondering if that's what caused that to happen. I don't know if we have enough information to really say, but hmm. watering in a rose in the winter won't cause fungal infection. Right, mine have been covered with how much snow. Yeah. So you know they're getting water at some point Yeah, I, I think that it may, be, may have been already susceptible Overhead watering in the summer might make them more susceptible to it, but I don't really 
have enough information to say for sure, but I don't think so. Yeah, okay. Our next person says, can you grow houseplants or succulents in pots in a covered window well in the winter in the Salt Lake Valley? Probably. Uh, you would want it's a, be a little plastic warmer next cover. to the house, yes. right? And so if you had, you can pick up those plastic window well covers from like Home Depot or Lowe's. One of those, I bet you could. Now, you'd need to be careful because those are also places mice like to be. Oh. Then as long as you're mouse-free, then yes, you could. Would those prompt more mice to be around? Maybe. They may come in and feed on the roots of the plants. And it would depend on which plants. they're talking potted. Yeah. If you're doing semi-hardy stuff, geraniums might overwinter in there, but... You know, if you tried to put an indoor palm tree, probably not. It just is really dependent on what you're trying to overwinter. So your hardy succulents would definitely do okay, I think. Yes. Anything that probably was hardy down to 20, 25 degrees would be okay. And it might be that even then you're deep enough that it doesn't freeze. Okay. Next listener says they planted two Pacific sunset maples three years ago. All three years, the leaves go from green to brown with no fall color. Uh, Could this be a sign that the trees are not doing well? They haven't grown much either. It's probably weather conditions that like this year we had so much warm weather and then it got cold so quickly that a lot of trees didn't have time to transition. And so... I would just say, you know, if they haven't grown much, they may be getting too much water or the soil may have too much clay in it or may be compacted because they should have grown 18 inches a year. Mm -hmm. And if they haven't been growing, I would really look at the soil and watering to make sure that they're not just getting a little too much water. Right. We had Bart call in and talk about... uh taking starts from his ornamental sweet potato vines. And you and I were talking off the air, and you said that I could actually do something like this with my grasses, like the the purple fountain grass, which I keep looking and hoping they'll come up with some sort of version of it that I could. that's a perennial, but I still haven't found anything quite like it, so I still am buying those for my pots and things. And they're expensive. And they are. Like, you're talking $6 a plant. For like a little four-inch. Yeah. And if you buy the gallon, maybe 10 or 11 so what you can do with those is you want, technically you should save the tag, and if it's patented, mm-hmm. then you may not be able to propagate it. But if it's just the old-fashioned purple fountain grass, in sometime in late October, you can dig those and then get a sharp, uh, like a Japanese gardening knife or a kitchen knife that's almost like a butcher's knife and cut that into chunks. And then what you would do is take a two inch wide section with roots on it, clip the grass back to maybe two or three inches and put that just transplant it into a new gallon container. And we're number one, just a number one nursery pot or something six inches wide, six or eight inches tall. Okay. Put it in bright, bright area, you know, maybe, around 70 degrees and it will reroot and grow. It does require brighter light, but it is very easy to propagate and overwinter those. Okay. I, I, you know, for example, in my case, I still have pots on my porch. My porch is well protected, West facing. So I could take those now, take them out of the pots and, uh, and divide them. And divide and them. Especially if you have some grow lights or something to put over them, they would be happy. Give them a little fertilizer and off you go. All right. Uh, just a few minutes left in the KSL Greenhouse show. 
I'm looking to see. Do we have any more calls or questions? Nope, we don't. Well, here's one that just oh. came. Oh, I, never mind. We are. It was the one on the Pacific Sunset yep. Maples, right? Uh, it's funny how our text page, we get the updates a little bit off. Yeah, from each mine other. updated two or three minutes behind yours. So, you know, I think that for this week, I would start looking at getting your vegetable seeds already mm-hmm. because there may be shortages in the coming year. And so I've been ordering mine now. So that I'm not trying to order in January or February and having half the things I want canceled. Sure. So I would look at that and then start planning your garden because I don't know if the economy is going to improve or not. But one thing we can do, even if we live in an apartment, is grow some of our own food and even our own flowers. And if you have 20 or $30 for a little grow light, shop lights, and build a frame, it's just something that I think people need to learn. Right. You know, if you're into gardening and, you know, those skills, and you may never have to use them, but if you do have to start your own vegetables or whatever, this is a great skill to know, and it's a great hobby. Right. And if you do live in a condo or an apartment, uh, containers are awesome ways to grow your own food. And we did do a video this past summer. People can check out on the KSO Greenhouse Facebook page and the videos, or you can even go to our YouTube channel. Just look for KSL Greenhouse. And container gardening is is just a, a phenomenal way to go if you have very little space. Uh, next person says, can they plant shrubs and trees right now? Yes. I, as long as I would go with the trees more than the shrubs. If you have shrubs, make sure they're well watered. But yes, you can plant. Maybe a little interesting digging the holes if your ground's frozen, but you can plant. Mm-hmm. Next person, not sure if they're being facetious or not. Want to know if it's good to pee on your lawn? This is the second or third time this has come up, and is there some just viral be aware video you will be arrested for uh, <laughs> indecent exposure. Right? Okay. So, so At we the do very not least. need hordes of people out there trying to use their lawn as a restroom. Is there some weird Instagram video or something out there? There must be. There's a guy up in Oregon that we talked about straw bale gardening. And really, if you get into it in the true hippie, love the earth manner, you pee on the straw bale for a month before you plant in it. All right. Well, that is it for the KSL Greenhouse Show. Maria Shaleos, Tom Bettis with you this morning. And we'll be back next week, full show next week from 8 to 11. Go ahead and check out the KSL Greenhouse Facebook page for some fun stuff. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.